Hi again, Gary Zacharias here with the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm taking another look at Randy Alcorn's book, If God is Good. I covered a chapter in it uh, earlier in an earlier podcast. It was back in April of 2022, April 2nd. So if you want to take a look, if you if you want to put these podcasts together and follow a particular book, uh, my thought was to just dip in and out of uh, books and give you kind of a flavor for them. And then if you want to go back, you can check them out. So Alcorn's book, If God is Good, uh, I want to do this time a chapter, which I think is powerful. It's called, What are some possible responses to the problem of evil and suffering? And uh, what we're really talking about here are worldviews. And uh, I've done a talk on that. You can take a look at my website about uh, dealing with pain and evil and suffering because everybody has to have an answer. I've always thought that was so unfair when the uh, situation gets turned around on a Christian who's told, well, there can't be a God because uh, you got pain and suffering in this world. Okay, but what's the atheist or what's the challenger? What's the skeptic's answer? to the problem of evil and suffering. Everybody has to struggle with it and deal with it. So it's not on the shoulders strictly of a Christian. And I'm not trying to get out of the situation, not trying to make light of it, but uh, everybody has to wrestle with and decide how they interpret that in the light of the way they see the world. So here are six worldviews that deal with pain and evil and suffering. Number one, there is no evil and suffering. Well, who comes up with that? Well, some pantheistic religions, often related to Hinduism, deny that there is suffering and evil. It's, it's just unreal. It's an illusion. Or it gets defined very fuzzy and very uh, vaguely. Eckhart Tolle said, if evil has any reality, it has a relative, not an absolute reality. He, he sees evil as denying my intrinsic oneness with all others. Hmm. So pantheists believe that everything is God. Nature is God and God is nature. So if everything is God, there really is no room for evil in that. Uh, the things that we call evil are just imperfections in the way we see reality. And if we just had more self-realization and self-improvement, that would get rid of that. But of course, and uh, Alcorn points this out, and I do too in my talk, if you see real evil, if you see real evil, how do you maintain that it's not there. And Alcorn tells a story that I think is a powerful story. He said he was sitting on a plane next to a young man who was a college grad. And as they started conversing, this man said he didn't believe evil existed. So Alcorn said, well, if no such thing as evil exists, then the Holocaust wasn't evil. Is that what you believe? Says the man grimaced and finally said, well, I guess the Holocaust was a mistake. It says, I suggested to him that in his heart he must know it was something far worse than a mistake. And I, this is me talking again, but just something that you might want to do is bring up something just horrendous like the Holocaust or the war in, in Ukraine that's going on as I'm doing this podcast. When you see innocence uh, put to death and you're going to say that's not evil, that no evil exists, that seems like you really, uh, you're not facing reality. He also goes on to say, and back to Alcorn again, that some worldviews like Christian science argue that suffering doesn't exist. And uh, he tells a joke, which I'm going to skip because I don't want to trivialize this, but um, I read a, um, it was an account by a grandson of two, two Christian science practitioners who were in their 70s or 80s or getting pretty old, 
And one of them was dying. I think it was the grandmother was dying. And the grandfather's trying to read Christian science material to her to convince her that she really wasn't sick or dying, but she got more and more panicked. Nobody from the church came, which I think is fascinating. They don't want to deal. They don't want to think about the reality of pain and suffering. So anyway, um, that's one view, uh, six worldviews, right? So first one is there's no evil in suffering. I think that's an awfully hard one to try to stand with. Number two, this is kind of a default position for a lot of people. There is no God. So he mentions here David Hume, Bertrand Russell, Christopher Hitchens. And in a book called Suffering Belief, an atheist says this, none can account for the tremendous amount of suffering in a world in which an allegedly omnipotent, omniscient, and holy good God reigns. The conclusion to which we are drawn, therefore, is that the existence of such a God is implausible. Well, a lot of philosophers see that. They say, if you believe in God, the Christian God, you're crazy because it's irrational. You can't believe that since there is pain and suffering in the world. So here's number two answer. There is no God. And number one answer is, well, there's no such thing as uh, evil or suffering. Here's a third answer, a third possibility that people have uh, gone to in this idea of pain and suffering. God has limited goodness. So he gives an example of second century Gnostics. They thought the world's evil came out of God's own being, so there's no problem of evil. Nietzsche in Thus Spake Zarathustra portrays God as a creator of both good and evil. So he creates good and he creates lies. Um, I would suggest one that he didn't mention here, Alcorn didn't bring up, is Islam. Islam sees God as producing good and producing evil. So that certainly is a problem, isn't it? Um, here's an atheist, James Wood. He wrote in The New Yorker, 25 years ago, I decided that if God existed, which I strongly doubted, then this entity was neither describable nor cherishable. It was a vaporous, quite possibly malign force. So there may be a God, but maybe he's not all good. So there's a third answer. Here comes a fourth answer. God has limited power. So let's say in the world of polytheism, no God is all-powerful. If you've got a bunch of gods, then you've kind of divided up the divine power. And if you take a look at the gods of ancient Greece, think about Zeus and Apollo. They had a lot of power, but they weren't omnipotent. Now, Zoroastrianism, he brings that one up. That falls in this category. It teaches dualism. It, the world is a, well, not the world, the universe is a cosmic back, back, uh, background of uh, fighting between two equal opposites. They're two gods. One's good and one's evil. Ahura Mazda is the good one, and Ahiraman, Ahriman, I guess, is the bad god. He's created all evil. So the good god does the best he can, but oh, that terrible other god lies outside his control. It says, well, that's a tidy resolution to the problem of evil, but it contradicts scripture, which affirms one god who has all power. Um, he says, you know, actually, this idea of dualism, that God has limited power, actually exists among some Christians. Some think that God will win in the end, but Satan has so much power that God really can't stop him, at least right now. He says also some will look at dualism as a single impersonal force, like Star Wars, where the force has a dark side and a light side. Who's going to win? Well, nobody can say. Then there's process theology that he brings up. That conceives of God as evolving. 
He emerges. He grows with the universe. He's not all-powerful. He is powerful, but he's kind of like a conductor. He's limited by an orchestra's skills. He can lead, but he can't control. And then, of course, a book that I always bring up, too, when we talk about God being limited in his power, at least one way to view God, is a book by the rabbi uh, Harold Kushner. He had a book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People, and it was an awful situation. He saw his son die from a rare disease, so he concluded that God is good, but he's not all-powerful. And Kushner wrote, It's too difficult even for God to keep cruelty and chaos from claiming their innocent victims. So there are, right now we're up to four of the worldviews. So one more time, I just want to make sure you've got these. There is no evil in suffering. That certainly is an answer. Yeah, I don't think it's a good answer, but it is, is an answer. Number two, there is no God. I think that's probably the default position of a lot of people. I think that can be combated, but that is a powerful position. Number three, God is limited in his goodness. He's not all good. Number four, God has limited power. He'd like to help, but he can't. He simply doesn't have the power. Number five, here's another possibility. God has limited knowledge. Now, that's an interesting one. I hadn't really heard much about that before. But um, in the last 20 years, Alcorn says some Christians, they call themselves open theists. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, They've denied that God has a moral responsibility for the bad things that happen because he doesn't know they'll happen. If he did know, then he'd stop them since he's all loving. So they believe, as open theists, they think that God's love does overshadow everything, but human free will has enough power to thwart God's loving plan. And then they quote from, uh, he quotes from Clark Pinnock, Decisions not yet made do not exist anywhere to be known even by God. They're potential. God can predict a great deal of what we'll choose to do, but not all of it. Some of it remains hidden in the mystery of human freedom. The God of the Bible displays an openness, there's that word openness, to the future that the traditional view of omniscience simply cannot accommodate. So I think that's interesting. I'd never heard that one before, that God has limited knowledge. So did you notice many of the answers, we'll get to the sixth one in just a second, but did you notice many of these answers to the problem of evil is the limitation on God. Either he's totally eliminated, that's the idea there is no God. Well, yeah, that does it. He's totally eliminated. Or he's limited in his goodness. Or he's limited in his power. Or this one, he's limited in his knowledge. So there are five views, worldviews that people have taken. Here's the sixth one. See if this sounds familiar. God is all-good, all-powerful, and all-knowing. He hates evil and will ultimately judge evildoers and remove evil and suffering after accomplishing a greater eternal good. Does that sound familiar? That's the Christian position on uh, evil and pain and suffering. So God says evil does exist. Now, to me, that's, that's realistic. That's refreshing to hear an admission. Yes, there is evil out there, and God does have infinite attributes. He quotes from Johnny Erickson Tada, God permits what he hates to accomplish that which he loves. God permits what he hates to accomplish that which he loves. So evil isn't good, but God can use evil to accomplish some amazing things. I've come across so many stories of that. So the story is that by Christ dying on the cross, suffering in our behalf, he took all human evils on himself, And by triumphing over death and evil, God's done what he needs to do to defeat evil. One day he'll carry out his final redemptive work. And then he quotes Isaiah 25, 8. 
He, talking about God, will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He'll remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. So he says, uh, as he wraps up this section in here, he said, you know, we're living in a post-Christian era, especially if you look at Westerners. The Christian worldview is unpopular, and the non-Christian worldviews are winning the public relations war. And so um, he says, actually, the fewer nominal Christians today, he says, that's good. He says, it's better for people to deny the Christian faith and to profess it in kind of a weak, shallow way. And so he says uh, at the end of this section, he says, how does your worldview stack up against the real world around you? Does it credibly explain the, things, the way things are and offer persuasive reasons for believing in a hopeful future? Or do you need to revise or abandon it in order to embrace the biblical worldview because it better explains your condition and that of the world around you? So I think to sum it up, as far as number six, the sixth one about the Christian perspective is, yes, there is evil. Yes, it has caused some damage, plenty of damage. But God is in control, and either in this life or the next life, it will be taken care of. So for the person who dies young because of a disease, that person will live on. We will see them again. And that's my great hope, having lost some friends and relatives. So that's uh, just part of this book. It's called If God is Good. Randy Alcorn is the author. It's called Faith in the Midst of Suffering and Evil. And um, just a reminder, one more time, anybody that challenges you as a Christian as far as how can you believe in a good God with pain, evil, and suffering, we can turn it back on them and say, how do you deal with pain, evil, and suffering? Because it's not just a Christian perspective. All humans have to deal with it. People have come up with answers. I think some answers are just immediately wrong, and others you have to think about a bit. But uh, I'm very happy with the Christian worldview. It doesn't answer all my questions, but I think it's far and away better than any other worldview out there that deals with all sorts of things, including the problem of pain and evil and suffering. Well, thank you, and we'll do another podcast soon. Take care.